We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted Tea. We're back. Lucky Lefty podcast, man. Let me cheer myself up, man. I forgot how bad it is to be a Bears fan, bro. But it's great to be a Notre Dame fan, despite the disappointment. Despite the disappointment with Sam Hartman, they'll face Wake Forest as former team tomorrow. I mean, the disappointment, we can talk about that, because what's the disappointment? He came we here. expected him to play beyond his talent. No. We Hoping expected. that the talent around him can get him over the hump. He could be somewhat of like the steady rock in the river. Man. He ended up just going with the flow. Bro. Our game predictions are brought to you by Noah Whiskey, man. What did they say? Sam Hartman to the Bears. <laughs> yeah, the chat is really messing with me tonight, man. <laughs> Y'all don't have to do me like that, man. Yes, Sam Hartman gets six pick to the Bears, hangs on the roster, ends up starting week eight. Left, I don't want <laughs> left. I'm gonna be honest. I don't want either one of them. I don't. I don't. He said neither one of them. Yo, these blueberry Bell Vita uh, crackers, they're pretty good. Pretty good. No, left. Do you understand what the Bears could get if they traded that number one pick, stayed in the top five, and were able to grab Marvin Harrison Jr. and Joe Alt, and then get somebody's number one overall pick for the next draft and end up with two more first round picks? Come on. Wait, how, I'm many, about- how many? How many can you get? Three. I'm just saying, if somebody trades for the number one pick, they have to give up their pick this year. They have to give up their pick next year. I mean, come on, man. You can control the draft. The Bears could possibly control the NFL draft for three consecutive years. That's insane. That's insane. I would rather do that than to have Drake May. Drake May might be a he might be a better rendition of Tan though. Left. I don't know, man. 
I'm cool with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Joe Alt. I really am. <laughs> I'm cool. They're not cool with Justin Fields, though. Well, we know that. So we can tell that by the idiot. We can tell that by the idiots they hired to work with. Oh yeah, absolutely. Before we get into predictions, no, do your predictions, love, and then I'll tell you that something else I found out about myself today. I got Notre Dame with a resounding, not resounding, resounding, fifty-six to ten. It should be a, a, a walk-off by the third quarter, and Steve Angeli's going to bring up the rear with a couple touchdowns. You got a couple of pick sixes, special teams. You got to just be in an all-around bludgeoning by the fight nights. Defensively, I'm not worried. You know, I know we're going to present enough things that Wake Forest is probably has to focus on which is going to be a low-scoring total. I don't think they have 25-plus points in the tank for us. But I do believe that Jared Parker is, should be more motivated to do, to do a little bit more, you know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm taking the Bears. 41, Wake Forest 3. 
I'm not with 41, you. 41, why 41? Uh, you know, that's a nice figure I chose to pick. Nice figure I chose to pick. 41. I don't think they get to 50. We got the 50 verse Pitt, and Pitt beat Louisville, and Wake Forest is who? You know, I think Wake Forest is in the category with Pitt. Wake Forest beat Pitt. I'm just saying. Wake Forest beat Pitt. We had somebody in the chat say you don't take uh, wide receivers that high. Let me introduce you to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. If you're a dude, you're a dude. I'm not falling into the trappings of, well, you don't take a wide receiver that high. The hell you don't. Ask Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins whether or not they love their teams taking wide receivers high in the draft. I don't care nothing about expectations. It's expectations of Justin Jefferson. He's just fine. Expectations of Jamar Chase. He's been just fine. If you're a dude, you're a dude. That's any position. Like, I don't believe in that. Don't take a cornerback super high. Don't take. I do. If you're a dude, you're a dude. Period. People had a problem with my. Remember, people had a problem with Miles Garrett going where he oh, went? Oh, yeah. Miles Garrett's a legend. That dude is a, a beast. A beast. Like, Steal. What, what are we talking about? Steal the beast. 85 sacks in 100 games. Come on now. Come on now. 85. Yeah, bro. He's fifth on the list. And look. Uh, Patrick Galvin said Lions game. Lions going to dog the Bears this weekend. I hope they do. Better draft pick. Like, that. you not hurt my heart. With anything about the Bears this season. I'm all for it. I'm trying to get the number one and number three draft pick, baby. <laughs> uh, I'm, dude, I'm trying to load up. Man, dog walkers. Hey, Justin is out of here anyway. Smack him around, too, at this point. It's <laughs> messed up, man. He just needs a little bit more accuracy. NC Notre Dame fan. I said, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Is that something that's still um, prevalent in the Washington fan base that people still refer to the old nickname rather than the commanders? I just want to know. The commanders is a nice replacement, though, I guess. You think so? Over the Redskins? I think the commanders sound pretty hard. Now, I I know about the – you know, the sensibility, the racial prejudices. You just talk about the no. name. He said, yes, sir. He said, yes, sir. I was wondering how it, how it was holding up with the fan base. I was I was wondering how it was holding up. That's interesting. That's interesting. Because I'm going to tell you now, man, like, when I was a shorty and they used to be like, man, the skins. I'm like, yo, that's dope. It's like a dope the little skins. short. Enough. I used to call yeah. them the skins. I'm like, man, that's a short that. little, you know. And then you get older. I never did. I tell you the story about my first sweater when I uh, was a freshman at U of I. No. So the fighting Illini is like this uh, famous uh, Indian tribe 
from downstate in Illinois. And they made a deal with the University of Illinois to be represented. They also allow Illinois to have a likeness of their chief and his head guard as the mascot. And he used to perform at halftime of the football games and the basketball games. And literally, as soon as I got down there in the 90s, uh, it was just, man, they were having like protests, sit-ins, marches, you know, saying, ban the chief, ban the chief. And, uh, yo, this girl walked up to me and I had the chief logo on one of my champion hoodies. She walked up to me, saw me walking and walked up to me and tried to put an X with a black marker through my, my logo. No way. That was the first time I almost ins uh, assaulted <laughs> a young lady, bro. No way. And, and I would have been dead wrong for doing it, but she almost got it that day. Bro. No way, Sean. She yeah, really yeah. ran up to you and tried to mark it out. My $120 champion sweater, bro. Yeah, we would have had some words, man. Yeah. I grabbed her hands and said, man, what the are you doing? Yeah. And she went into the whole spiel. And I said, why don't you just walk up to me and, and, and talk to me about it? Yeah, they, you know. Like, what are you doing? Because common sense don't make sense. Oh, that's interesting. NC Notre Dame fans said there's a tribe trying to get them to change the name back to Redskins. I think, honestly, left. I think the whole thing was made worse because of who the owner was, right? And how defiant he was in the process and all the other stuff he had going on, right? Because, I mean, that man, that cat Daniel Snyder was basically running a brothel in the NFL, dude. It was crazy. A brothel? I know he was hiring the best-looking cheerleaders or something like that, right? No, nah, bro, he do. Him and his executives within the, 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 if I'm not mistaken, bro, they, there was some stuff going on, bro. Like, during games, after games, like, the stories were, like, crazy. The reason I know is one of my good friends was actually um, out in D.C. at radio when everything was really hitting the fan. He was like, yo, this is crazy. This cat Daniel Snyder is buck wild. He was on his Diddy freak-offs. Mm. Crazy, man. But I was wondering, you know, whether or not the fan base was, like, bucking against the commander's nickname or still, like, rocking, like, the Redskins, like, jerseys, jackets, t-shirts, and all of that stuff. I, I, I definitely wondered about that. Thank you guys for all of the uh, comments you put in. You guys are going to miss JD. You guys are going to miss Cam Hart, Howard Cross. Um, you know, I got love. I have love for DJ Brown, too, Left. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a, a commanding player that makes you talk about him, you know. I have love for anybody that plays to the best of their ability, bro. That's right. That's all you can ask anybody. Give me your best. Give me your best. And if it's not good enough, then we're going to have to live with that. But he, uh, DJ Brown. I I but that's why I said I wasn't disappointed in Sam. 
Mm. I was more disappointed in us not supporting Sam for using what he does best. And what is that? Because we had Big Bro on the other day, and he said most people look at Sam Hartman and don't understand that he's not a quarterback that can make all the requisite throws. Yeah, I mean, Sam Hartman is a system-specific type of guy who's made his money from being comfortable in what he's been doing for a long time. And my idea of what bringing a guy like that would mean is to do what he does best and upgrade him with better players. If you get him to run a whole new offense or one that you feel like is similar, it's, it's, he doesn't have the talent to make that the same level as what he's comfortable with for the last four years. And for Jared Parker to tell everybody he's going to run last year's stuff with a guy that hasn't been there before already doesn't bode well for great chemistry. But then when you're not integrating more of the what he does well, then you take away the fact that now his talent has to prove that it's beneficial to the team and it's just not good enough based on what we were asking him to do. Now, if this was next year, Sam could thrive with the schedule that we have for next year. Mm. But this year was heavy loaded due to this circumstance, which not many people are capable, mm-hmm. let alone able to play at the level needed to get us through the schedule we had. So it's not necessarily Sam's fault. He just had a greater challenge than what his talent was able to show. And we didn't support that through what we were able to put around him successfully. So there's a lot of things where Sam wasn't comfortable because he's looking at it like, y'all asking me to do some stuff that I'm running for the first time. And then Mm -hmm. you talking with a bunch of kids that ain't got enough playing experience. So we can't fake this. We can't fake it. We can't rely on just game experience to overcome some of these pitfalls or close games that we have. And I'm just getting here. So this ain't the well-oiled machine that Alabama is where you can just go down there and then start calling plays and they eventually get better as the season gets on. We're a team that you got to have this quarterback led. So you have Mm -hmm. to have quarterback be comfortable. And anytime any of us play well is when we were comfortable. Deshaun wasn't comfortable in 2016, so no matter how hard he tried, it didn't work well. And 15 was comfortable because he didn't have to do nothing. You just step in there, don't turn the ball over. 16 come around, all right, the offense is back on the quarterback making it happen. It's hard to do. But, it, you know, you look at the career he had after that. It, right. You know, it's like, damn, it's no surprise. It's, it's hard for people to do if you just aren't that dude, you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. no names for what the expectation has been set for, for how we were able to get into the playoffs. There's only 3% of quarterbacks that can successfully do that in in college football. I mean, if we didn't take Sam, who would have been the next best choice? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That, that could have did better. Shit, that's the question. Who's the next best choice that could have did better than what Sam was able to give us? It's not no too many I can think of. Jaden Daniels. We lost him hey. to Brian Kelly. 
you actually wanted Jaden Daniels two years ago in of the course. portal. And I told you what happened with Jaden Daniels mm -hmm. and his family and all that. So other than that, there's nobody else in college football outside of like Caleb, maybe, Drake May, maybe. I'll have a high confidence in Jaden Daniels' ability to do what our offense asks. Jordan Travis, just thinking the dude's available, you know. Jordan Travis wasn't available, but, you know. Yeah, right. Just the 3%. So yeah. I do think that. It is a tricky proposition when you talk about this portal thing, man. And it's and it's and it's specific to us. It's a different sort of measurement stick that we're using. We're yeah. not even taking guys based on talent. We're taking guys based on a boatload of other factors that doesn't necessarily make you a good football player. Hmm. And then finding your quarterback, a lot of it, especially for what we need, has got to be talent, hmm. like a Deuce Knight. Whereas talent is first, all that other stuff, if we can match it up, great. Yeah. If we match it up, great. But right now, the talent is the most important thing we need. Yeah. Because right now, what are we lacking from the quarterback position? Talent. Talent. Yeah. We we, we got the smarts. Remember, we, we got the smartest dude in the, the brightest crayon in the crayon box. We, we, we got that in Sam. We got the experience in Sam. We got we got the the poise in Sam. We got the fifty games played in his career. We got the twelve thousand been there, done that yards. We got the made receivers from nothing to something. We got all of what we were looking for, except talent. And talent is the difference in why we didn't win these games. Period. Because hmm. when it was caught, when it was time to call on Sam for these specific plays that individually he could have changed the outcome of a lot of situations. It didn't show. Clemson was an obvious example of where talent lacked for him, where when we weren't firing on other parts of the game, he's got to be able to play and without excuse and play better. I felt there was opportunities for him to and drive specifically where he could have Finish stronger. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's nitpicking a, a little bit, but still, the the urgency that he didn't have to me is every time I seen him, he just staring in the space on the sideline. So I don't know if you saw this left and other quarterback news in Notre Dame. It was reported by another Notre Dame outlet that CJ Carr is petitioning to be allowed to enroll at Notre Dame in December so he can take part in bowl preparation practices to speed up his development and process. I mean, look, all that is think crazy. about that? I was all about to say, left, left is like, man, whatever. No, yeah, come on in, you know, but the impact is going to show when you get in that game. Hmm. Practice, look, we already heard from Marcus Freeman. He ain't playing nobody till they practice perfect. We already heard all that. Your judgment is going to come when you get in that game. So whatever you got to do to get there in your, in your way, do it. 
you know, I mean, obviously, it's exciting that you want to come early. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, listen, if you coming in to just sit and learn, that ain't doing nothing for us. What did what is Civiliano say? I'm coming in to take spots. Mm. Now I'm expecting to see something. If you just saying I'm coming in because I want to learn and start processing information, then stay in school and they'll send you an email. You can start mm-hmm. reading stuff at home. But if you come in here, it needs to be an urgency that you're trying to help this team win. Don't come in here being like, yeah, I just want to soak up everything I can and Listen, we need guys ready to go. And the closer we get to that, the closer I think we can see the talent come come to another level. Because I don't think CJ's the freak of nature, talented, super nice quarterback either. I think he's just a very polished guy that he's not going to get much better. I think he is who he is. He doesn't – he's not going to – Increases arm strength, or he's pretty accurate right now. Got some good fundamentals. You know, his whole thing is, is his decision-making consistent or not? But from a talent level, I mean, he is what he is. You know, he's no Patrick Mahomes or new generation athletic style quarterback. None of those. He's just a quarterback that has good technique that is unproven in a decision-making process when the game is in reach. Can he go out there and throw a couple passes? Sure. But we're looking for guys that can be the the needle mover in that position. Because that's what it takes. We don't need another guy that can just call the plays. We got that in Sam. Mm-hmm. Hell, Jack Cohn, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Jack Cohn the later the years that go, that go by. Man, me too. Because that brother just went in there and was like, look, I'm playing like this is my last game. And I can just remember moments in, in the season where I'm like, man, that brother Jack just said, just I'm going to try something. <laughs> I ain't letting us lose. <laughs> Yo, what was that, the Toledo game with the, the thumb? <laughs> Toledo game with the thumb. The, Williams, that last the two-point the conversion against Virginia yeah, Tech. <laughs> <laughs> just, hey, he just threw all that while, bad fella up, bro. He just threw it all up. All while splitting time. Florida State game. When he went out, he went out there acting like, oh, this man going to the Heisman. He had like five touchdowns that game. Yeah, jumping it off. Yeah. <laughs> Has Sam ever had five touchdowns in a game? No. No, I don't think so. Jack's first game and Jack's Not last game. game. Jack's first game and Jack's last game were impressive to me. Oh, first yeah, game he had five touchdowns. Clowning. He's so clowns. that tells me that he stayed consistent the entire year. And on top of that was splitting time with packages. So he already had it and didn't complain. Went mm-hmm. in there. Anytime he got the chain, come out, come back in. Still, he wasn't inaccurate to the point where you're like, man, we got to. We knew where he was. Let me ask you a question. If we do go to the portal, should we look like should we look towards somebody? But because the Wisconsin system is very similar to the Notre Dame system, it was tight end centric, run the ball first, 
and maybe it was an easier transition for Jack Cohn than say Sam Hartman because of that. The problem reason. is we thought Sam Hartman was a better talent, not a better fit. Hmm. We thought we saw them numbers and was like, ooh, ah, 12,000 yards, that'll help. Mm-hmm. We didn't go, does Sam fit in what we do? Because if we looked at it from that perspective, no, he doesn't fit. He runs a whole Gary Grayson, Coastal Carolina, slow mesh type of system where everything's based off of that. Mm-hmm. We're we're under center. We're rolling now. We play action. We shotgun, reading. You know, we got everything. We run the ball. Under center. We got to do handoffs. Sam ain't even taking no handoffs under center before. We got him doing that. So, no, we didn't bring a fit. We brought what we believed to be better talent, which mm-hmm. didn't work out because it wasn't that great a talent when in a vacuum. Because, like I said, our, who's taking Sam over any quarterback dating from 2015 or 2012? Hell, I'll take Tommy over Sam. Okay, the only person would be Hendricks. But I love Hendricks. There's nothing against Hendricks. Andrew, hey, yeah, Andrew was cool. I would take Sam over Hendricks. Other than that, I wouldn't take Sam over any quarterback in the Brian Kelly era. I mean, who would you take uh, over? But as far as for Notre Dame? For no, maybe Brendan Clark? No, nah, bro, I've been on record. <laughs> I told you, I'll take you, Ebb, Deshaun. No, I'm saying, who would you, who would you take? Sam over. The only person I would say is Hendricks, and that's and that's even close for me. Because Hendricks has some talent. He just didn't know how to put it together. Mm. I can't think of one. Maybe Phil. But Phil got hurt, so I don't even count. Yeah, Phil, because Phil's first year at BC, Phil put up numbers. Yeah, he just he just injury prone. So. He put up numbers, and then all of a sudden the injuries just caught up with him. Um, it feels a better talent and bigger than Sam anyway. So I don't, if we just doing just eye tests, I wouldn't pick Sam over over Phil. Hell, mm-hmm. Phil was the number one quarterback coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Out of Sean Crawford's area, so that's why I'm like, I don't know what we expected other than more attention to how we can support this kid coming in. But then it goes back to Tommy. It was a Tommy-specific hire where Tommy abandoned the hire. And so now we left with something that, you know, we don't see the same value in. And it shows because we didn't cater to Sam all season. When did we cater the offense to Sam where we like, man, Sam going to run us? Never. Oh, man. His first year – BC, he played 10 games because he got injured at the end of that season. Completed 61% of his passes for 2,581 yards, 17 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Pretty solid. Hey. For Boston College? I'm I mean, sure Boston, Boston College probably thought they had one. They thought they had one. That's why he stayed yeah. there for like two extra years, you know, and – and that's just going back to has Sam given you that feel that man we could win we can't win without him no no mm. no it hasn't it hasn't been like that I think he has been given more opportunities than I think a lot of people to be honest mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of having the decks cleared for you 
and it being signed, sealed, delivered, essentially. I mean, Marcus Freeman put his whole organization in your hands based off of conversations he had with the quarterbacks in season last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much more because Brian Kelly would never do that. I'm telling you what, one thing Kelly would wouldn't do, and that sign still deliver the position like that. Well, I'm lying. He did what he have. Twenty twenty fifteen. I'm twenty fourteen. I'm definitely lying. Okay, mm-hmm. but Marcus, that was a huge mistake for him. And Marcus Freeman, he's a football player, and I think sometimes he either he didn't get a chance to really put his hands on Sam's necessary recruitment. But Marcus Freeman should know, looking at Sam, that I could probably tackle you right now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. I mean, Coach Freeman is in good shape now. He is in pretty good shape. Marcus Freeman being a football, football player first. Yeah, would he you fear he, could, he, could, he, he couldn't tackle Juice Williams though? But I'll digress. <laughs> hey, I'm taking Juice over Sam all day. That's one of my favorite quarterbacks. What are you talking about? Of course, Juice Williams, a legend, a legend. But Marcus Freeman being a football player first can have that football eye. Mm. Are, it's Marcus Freeman. Are you afraid of Sam Hartman if you had to put play him on the field against you? Come on, man. Come on, Marcus Freeman. You would probably be like, man, what a blitz the heck out of Sam. But only Marcus Freeman can have an evaluation like that because he played. Don't get caught up in this recruiting coach transfer portal type of world. Marcus Freeman, be a football player that can evaluate football players as a football player. Mm-hmm. You know what looked good for your program. You knew you wouldn't be taking no Jerry Parker as your OC and Sam as your quarterback. And that's why you went up there and was like, this may not be the way I want it, but this is going to be helpful for the guys that are still here. I remember you said that. I remember, Marcus Freeman. Because you know from your own eye test as a former player that that ain't going to get over the hump. 
so one on one hand it's hard it's a hard challenge we asked Sam and I think more unrealistic expectations came from it because of what we saw on paper but from the eye test he's no different than guys we get from the middle of Massachusetts mm-hmm. to play what's the difference What's the difference? We didn't get a guy that came in that was like, man, he's super fast. Man, his arm is unbelievable. Man, his playmaking is next level. We got a guy that has attrition, that has mileage. It was like getting a, not a Ferrari, but like a nice Buick. The new Buicks look nice. But it's just a Buick. We didn't go and get that that new Mercedes AMG that just we didn't do that. We went to the transfer portal and got a nice Buick. That's all we got. That Buick is 30. It ain't gonna win you no races. But it's gonna get you to a finish line. Marcus Freeman gotta go get him a sports car. And he did, Deuce Knight. I think CJ is more of a uh, – like I said, I think CJ has hit his potential with us already. I don't see how he can get much better other than just being a better decision maker. But from a talent standpoint, he got all the technique and all that. It's just a matter of can he win games. And I think his thing is going to be, which I think he understands himself, is – He's trying to recruit players to make him look good, which is smart. Be at be at Notre Dame every weekend, trying to recruit guys, because you know you mm-hmm. don't need dudes necessarily don't necessarily do that. Caleb didn't go to Oklahoma because a bunch of receivers were signing up. They came to him. USC's recruiting exploded because of Caleb. He didn't go because he's like, man, USC got X, Y, Z receiver. No. So I, I commend CJ for knowing his strengths and weaknesses, in my opinion. He know he ain't going to win by himself. He don't have the talent. But if he can get the five-star receivers to be on the outside, it'll make him look way better. That's why he's been recruiting so hard, in my opinion. He know the secret. He got family that know how football works. Yeah. So as opposed to Kenny, Kenny, didn't, Kenny like, look, I look, I see the challenge, which I can appreciate about Kenny. Kenny like, man, y'all ain't doing it right. Put me in there. That's the <laughs> that's, that's what I get. To me, Kenny like, y'all playing with the money up there. Y'all playing with the money. Go ahead, let me get that spot and let me show you what you can do with this. That's what I take from Kenny. From CJ, CJ like, look, I ain't going to be ish if I don't get the five star around me. So I got to go recruit. Let me go recruit. Let me go put the work in. And then when I get that talent, you're going to see how I support them and make them look better because they're going to be stars on their own, you know, which is smart. So from from an ideal standpoint, and then you throw in Deuce Knight, who's just a dude, raw talent, maybe more talented than the other two, that's about cultivating. That's where development happens. That's where Gino Gadulli is like, this is my baby right here. 
I'm going to grow that because that talent is un, un, untapped. We don't know how, how far that can go. But I feel like we know how far the other two can. So we'll see what happens. Lucky Lefty Pot. Oh, my God. I, this cat, Trey Young, just made somebody fall on their face. Woo-wee. And the Bulls are officially done. 33 points at halftime, bro. Let me tell you something, man. All you know that ain't fans that are frustrated, man. Thank God you're not a Chicago sports fan. Mm, mm, mm. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left. Let's watch some film right quick, man. Before we get out of here. Let's do I'm it. excited for this young man to be part of the Fighting Irish. He is the son of Hall of Famer and Notre Dame great defensive lineman, Bryant Young from Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, left, this kid is absolutely fantastic. His length, his size, the speed he brings at the big end, the power, relentlessness. Well, one thing you can count on and what I feel like is a proven thing ever since I saw Corey Robinson was that if your dad was that dude, it has trickled down to you in some way. And it's just a matter of identifying it or not. I think he has the, the motor and the size of a guy that I feel like is going to be an instant impact. He doesn't look like Bambi out there. He looks like he know what he got going on. And I think a lot of that is because of his dad, you know what I mean? So the type of athleticism that he plays with, I think is a controlled athleticism that he knows himself, as opposed to guys that are just freaking natures that just be out there doing it. I think he has taken all the steps to be a football player that can be developed, but also can be playable early on. I think a lot of that is his dad, Genetics and everything, but also a kid that looks like he he wants to make a name for himself. And I just love the fact that, you know, he looks different. And he makes plays that you can be like, that looks like something on Saturday. He ain't making plays where it's like he's the best player on the field by far. I mean, and you know, you get some of that. But plays where you like, okay, that's something that looks transferable. So he has a lot of transferable type of plays that he makes on film that I think is going to make a lot of sense at the next level. And he's big, you know, just big as a mass and size, not just a big kid. He looked big and, and filled out, you know, like he been training, not like he's just a freak of nature, you know what I mean? So hopefully Marcus Freeman can in turn use that as a, as a means of not only starting that legacy thing, but also just knowing that you got an easy five-star in your back pocket. I'm sorry, not five-star, but easy pick in your back pocket because of who his dad is, and you know that you can seal the deal on bringing that to Notre Dame. These are one of these you cannot mess this up type of thing. 
it's funny because the NFL pedigree and, and kind of break this down for the fans left that might not understand why the game might be easier and the transition and the skill set might be more transferable for NFL pedigree guy like Bryce Young because Notre Dame is benefiting from that. It's arguably the top two players on Notre Dame's team are NFL pedigree with Joe Alt and Benjamin Morse. Absolutely, and I think a lot of it is the same as as a kid. If you have two parents that are doctors, and every day you live with them, mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. necessarily teaching you how to be a doctor, but you around it your whole life. So when it comes time, you become a doctor, the road is a lot easier just naturally. Not saying you the smartest thing in the world, not saying that they hounding you to do it. I'm sure they pushing you in some ways. But the fact that it's been on both your parents as doctors and you've been in the same household forever, you're going to have an affinity in some sort to being a doctor that knows what's going on. So even when you get that MCAT, yeah, it's hard for you too. But it's just a little easier at the same time. Or you get to med school. Yeah, you're not going into something unknown. Your parents both went through it. Now, whether you, you know, actualize it or not, obviously is a whole different thing. But mm-hmm. even the kids that have been around it, they just know stuff. You know what I mean? You ever been around a kid that just be knowing? He just know and, and is comfortable with stuff that he may not even been around yet personally, but his family does it as a family business. So it just is like, oh, yeah, well, naturally. So same thing for NFL players. Not every NFL player's kid happen or actualizes into the repeat process. Mm-hmm. But bro, come on, Brian Young was the number one pick. Something crazy. First round. And the type of guy he is, you know that his kid going to be something like it. He ain't maybe be exactly like it, but he going to have that makeup of a professional athlete just naturally uh-huh. so when you get into college settings he's not going to feel the most uncomfortable out of the rest of his peers because his dad be like yo just do this and do this and be aware of this and and maybe that's not the relationship but i'm sure somewhere in his conscious and genetics especially if he's playing at a high level in high school. So it means he's motivated. It's not like he just getting graduated because of his name. You can tell that he's going to listen and do the things his dad probably tells him. And that's just an easy, nice comfort to have. He don't got to go to Al Washington. I mean, he going to listen to Al Washington, but he Al Washington ain't going to tell him what his dad going to tell him. I'll tell you that. In terms of getting sacks. <laughs> In terms of making plays, I said Brian you Young is not going to tell him, hey, man, sacks don't matter, man. Just get practice. Oh, hell no. What? Brian Young going to be like, this is how you, if you want to be me, this is what I did to get there. This is what <laughs> became important for me to do. And yeah, listen to your coaches, but when you on that field, use that double hand swipe I told you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, st- study your opponent this way. I mean, come on. That's, if I had an NFL dad, I promise you I would be there right now in some capacity. Yeah. I mean, but that's the advantage you got to take as an athlete, son. I mean, nepotism is a huge thing, too, not only in entertainment, but in sports. 
Yeah. But yeah. for good reason. So. Yo, know. Notre Dame will have another NFL pedigree. Uh, Ivan Taylor, safety from Florida, will be at the game tomorrow. And uh, he's been in Notre Dame multiple visits. He is the son of Ike Taylor, former defensive back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. For Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Yeah. See, we just look. Give me give me five guys on the team with legacy, and I guarantee you we'll have a better, a better team overall. Just think about it. It's just it's just human nature. If I got to coach a kid from scratch, first in his generation, first to play football in his family, how mm -hmm. hard it would be if he's not an ultra super next level type of player. He's good, but the 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 pattern of success is a lot less probable. Yeah. I mean, look at Tory Hunter Jr. Just made for playing. In some in some capacity, yeah, and having transferable skills, he's really a baseball player. But went yeah. to college for football, and, and and with the right opportunity, probably could have been a really good football player. Yeah, I mean, he had all this. He was the he was fast, faster than any receiver we got right now. In terms of just football, fast, a good target, you know. Corey Robinson didn't even take football as serious as, as most people and was still a better football player because he's just his dad, David Robinson. I don't know. I just think that's just how it works. Like, just David Robinson and shoulder pads. It just, you was doing the same things your dad was doing on the court, just yeah. on the field, just being bigger and stronger and doing freaky things. That, you know what I mean? That's catching oops over the head. So I mean, <laughs> And it's so funny because watching Corey play basketball, he's mm. so modest, but he can really play, which is even great. <laughs> like, he'll never play serious, but if you, you know, you watch him, like, just play around, this brother mm -hmm. can play. I'm talking about jam, like, like his daddy. Like, <laughs> like Corey should have and could have played on that Notre Dame basketball team while he was there. He was just too busy wanting to be class president and, you know, humanitarian of the year and all that. But Corey's basketball game was top notch. I mean, the brother could dunk like he's nothing, Sean. Shoot. He got post moves. And, uh, and you got to beg him to play. Isn't that crazy? You got to beg Corey to play. He just go out there. He, he just type the, 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 the ball go out of bounds and roll to his side of the court. He type to just shoot it from half court, make it. So like, you know, just something like that. Like, here's your ball back. Just shoot from full court and make it. It's something crazy, you know. That's crazy. <laughs> Corey is the most interesting team I'd ever played with, for sure. Yeah. And don't forget, Jim Flanagan's son committed to Notre Dame. Uh, Jim Flanagan was a longtime veteran, especially with the Bears. He played, like, I think I want to say five seasons with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, look at Dylan, look at Dylan Rayola, the number one quarterback in the country this year. His dad blocked for John Kitna for uh, John Kitna. You so, know, and duh. then Notre Dame has uh, don't forget <laughs> Kennedy Erlacher will See? be coming in this year. See, he's he's the same vision of what Antoine Winfield was and his son. His son was a three star at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But look at his son now. Damn near mm -hmm. all pro. Good mm -hmm. veteran player for the Bucks. 
That's the type. And it's like he didn't need a bunch of Super Bowl champion for the Bucks. Don't Super Bowl champion. That's right. And it started as a rookie. Mm-hmm. So it's just in his genes, you know, Patrick Sertan, the best corner in the league right now. Yeah. His dad is an NFL vet. Of course. It makes sense. You know, it makes sense. These guys have better roadmaps to success in this area than people that don't have the roadmap before. It's just that, it's that simple. And your path just seems much more clear. Like, you just know what to avoid, what to not avoid. And it's stuff that guys who hasn't made it can't tell you, yeah. especially with no love, because, yeah. you know, they, these just parents now. Marcus Freeman love you, but he ain't going to tell you the secret to everything. <laughs> yeah. know, even if he wants to, he probably don't, doesn't know how to disseminate it like he would if it was his son in wrestling. That's why he loved talking about that in press conferences. You know what I mean? Lucky Lucky Podcast, man. So, uh, thank you guys for joining us tonight. My prediction was 41-3. Left had it 50. What did you say again, Left? Was it 54? I think you said, I think left at 54 to 7, didn't he? You were real disrespectful. 54, 56 is 10. 56 to 10. 56 to 10. 56 to 10. Well, either way, Notre Dame covers the spread. So if you want to just take Notre Dame on the money line and play it safe. That's right. And do that. But other than that, amen. Hey, dope. Thank you guys for tapping in on a Friday night. Left, you know what I realized? What? For some reason, I said, you know what? I'm going to play a game of Madden with the Chicago Bears. <laughs> this Bears team might be the worst Bears team ever on a map. You just got to know how to use them, man. No, my brother, <laughs> no. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't know if you do this. Do you switch playbooks? Cause I don't switch playbooks. I just figure no, I don't out. Switch playbook. I stay with the playbook they got. Yeah, I, I stay with it. So, you know, my season is with the Cowboys. Wait, wait. You gave up on the PGA golf? No, no, no. I played two uh, tournaments earlier today. Okay. <laughs> no, no. I'm like, how's your guy doing right now? I'm like, oh, dude, I'm winning like. This is my thing. I'm on my sixth season in my career. So, yeah, I've won the FedEx Cup like four seasons in a row. Going for number five. So, yeah. It's been a while, too, because I just, first of all, I just mounted uh, Paul's. A brand new, uh, I got a 75 inch for my TV room. Like you saw the TV I had when you came. I upgraded to a 75 inch. And I mounted it on the wall. And uh, yeah, that golf game looks amazing on that 75 inch, bro. Absolutely amazing. But yeah, this is the worst Bears team in Madden history. I'm I'm pretty sure. Because defensively, I like to play a lot of zone. 
And that pass rush is non-existent, though. Man. Man. You know what time it is, love. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story Today, brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. So you saw me dancing there, man. And uh, I'm dancing because I was inspired because Jerron Jones, former Notre Dame defensive tackle, uh, yo, he put up a video on his uh, Twitter page and pretty much said that uh, this is how they used to rock it in the locker room back in the day. And I left before I played this. You know, I want to give you an opportunity to, uh, to speak towards what we're about to play. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> do you have any comments I think just man before social media got too big you had to talk to your teammates man and we had a really good locker room where you know we we had to find time to have fun in the midst of all the stress and I think we had great times in the locker room man one of the few memories you'll have you know, for the rest of your life, I think it's just a rare time in life where you're in the locker room with that many guys your age, mm-hmm. you know, focused on the same goal, y'all on the same mission. is cool experience. So we made the most, and we were, I mean, comparatively now, I was in <laughs> Notre Dame's locker room for four years. Yeah. And I think the culture in the locker room was really healthy. You know, everybody pretty much got along. It, you know, it wasn't no clickish type of deal you know everybody mm-hmm. kind of it was real positive work environment right florida you know it's just a different space it's still a team and all that but it's guys are more clicked up and mm-hmm. you know it's it's just the, it's a real it's more of a public type of thing i mean you know probably more common than what Notre Dame's locker room was. So I can appreciate what Notre Dame's locker room kind of did from a, it makes you, it makes you realize the difference of a Notre Dame guy in the locker room, how they always talk about once they go to these professional teams, you know who the Notre Dame guys in the locker room are. You can tell that, especially the difference between that and Florida for me, where it was just kind of like, man, you, 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 <laughs> it was just different. I just, I've seen more in the Florida locker room mm-hmm. than I have in the Notre Dame locker room. Did that make sense? Well, here it is. This is how it used to be. 
with uh, Jerron Jones, Max Redfield, Malik Zaire in the Notre Dame locker room. that bro now on the petty train once again oh boy your boy james franklin left got into it post game with the media and uh he feels spicy are you making an eight point game you keep your team alive okay you you don't agree with it i'm just telling you that's the decision i didn't think the answer had anything to do with the second one the first one i understand yeah we're trying to get back we're trying to get points we felt like points were going to be hard to come by we wanted to get it back well there's two and a half minutes left in the game at that point Dave, i've answered your question i don't think you're people feel like they have the ability uh to talk to you crazy in a setting where they wouldn't do it in any other setting that, that, I think, is a challenging thing, whether it's social media and people posting crazy things and they won't even put their picture on their profile, um, or whether it's, you know, um, in, in another setting where they know you can't respond. That's challenging. You got to take a deep breath and, and you got to move forward. But the way I was raised, the way you were raised, um, you know, you would handle it differently in a different setting. James Franklin. I hate, I hate this response that people be doing. James Franklin. Come on. Man. See, this is what I don't like, which, but you know, it comes down to a perspective thing. People, no matter what happens, they'll perceive something that you may not even be saying to them, but that's how they take it. Man. And They'll make it what they needed to make it because that's how defensive people do. We've seen it from good old Dabo. We've seen it from James Franklin where they take it like a personal, oh, you're. I will take you behind back and beat you up because you said something I don't like. That's not how we was raised. You taking it as a defensive thing, they trying to ask a genuine question. And I think that happens when you know you're doing wrong and you know they hitting spots that you don't have an answer for that you want to answer honestly in my opinion because you know the real answer would make you look like a goofy and i think you felt played to where now you like oh well they disrespected me and i'm and, and i don't take that lightly it's like no they hit on something that you know that you didn't have no answer for. So it's just funny, man. People always want to take it where it don't need to be. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we talking about a football question. This man ain't talking about your mama. He didn't disrespect your family. He didn't come at you and call you no You know what I mean? <laughs> for you to be saying it's challenging because I would handle it differently. What would you have done differently if this was on the street, James Franklin? 
if this is one of your friends, yeah, this is one of your friends, one of the fans that seen you around Penn State that just stopped you and say something. Well, you, what you gonna hit him? <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> hey man, it's tough. I know it is tough to be at that level, but when you've been doing it that long and ain't been winning, people gonna ask you some tough questions. It's just what it is. Nick Saban handles it well. He may be a little more direct, but he giving he giving answers. You talking about if it, Nick Saban would never say, "Man, if I was in a different setting, I'd Draymond Green you." What do you mm. mean? Nick Saban would never say that. He gonna respond to the question with an answer though. It may not, but he ain't gonna be talking about no fight words, you know. Last but not least, Carissa Thompson. See, this one people don't know how to handle podcasts and interviews, bro. And they think it's just a wild, wild west, and I can say anything. Man, the fact is, and she wearing a suit. Man, you see her yesterday? Nah, I didn't see her yesterday, bro. Man, listen, I was, I was upset because this is what they allow. Yes, they allowed that. And for her to downplay it like she do, it just for me, it's a disrespect to the game. Like it's nothing. Like it's it's like wow, you really you more concerned about your little little job, little Aaron Andrews job, than you are for the game. Cause no, no, I don't believe no football player in that position is gonna do that and then say it openly. Like it's just fake it till you make you know what I mean? Like that's just yeah. that's like a cardinal rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you just downplay it like it's yeah. just, man. This makes people have sexist comments on the internet. <laughs> I mean, yo, I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is why people be saying sexist stuff in the comments about, you know. Oh yeah, I used to just you know make up stuff on the sideline. They're not gonna be mad. They don't care. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? What? Highly disrespectful. So hopefully she gets a clue because that is, I don't know how you, but you know, she's going to keep her job because they can't fire her. You know how that goes. That's what makes her so emboldened. Hell, you know. Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. Have a great day. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Left, you enjoy your weekend off, bro. Man, I'm going to (laughs) try. If I can, shit. Lucky Lucky Podcast. <laughs> we can talk to you. Just make sure you spin it different.